Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. It's been an incredible week in Division Three golf, folks, and we are here to talk about it. It is your faithful host, Mike, along with Quinn. We're back, and we are fired up. Quinn, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a great week. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, let's first let's talk about a little bit of uh, a little self-promotion, which we're, we're never uh, exactly against uh, here on D3 Golf Guys, but... Um, you know, earlier in the year, we reached out to see if people were interested in being part of in contributing to D3 Golf Guys. Qu- Quinn is one of those people. Uh, another person is Cameron Spragans, who is a current player at Heidelberg College up in Ohio. And he has aspirations to be a writer. And he, we gave him a challenge to write a rebuttal article to Golf Digest's article about the Meredith, Meredith College team from last last spring. He has done a fabulous job. You can find that article on our website. We've tweeted out a copy of it. We've uh, we, we've linked it in Instagram, and it was really well done. And I want to just talk a little about it because you know what we talked about last week was you know wait Division three is more than just high school, and I think that's the thing that everybody kind of got a little hacked off. In fact, there was a couple comments out there when we were talking about uh, some rounds earlier this week that were like it was just like high school, right? Um, but if you get the chance to, to go out there and, and read Cameron's article, um, he, he's done a fabulous job. Uh, we're going to keep get, keeping him busy for, for the rest of the year, for sure. As long as his school, uh, schoolwork allows for it. Uh, but, but the great news is, is we're starting to, to do some more articles. And, and if you're interested in coming on and writing a piece or, um, working with us on some of that stuff, you know, reach out, uh, email us at D three golf guys at gmail.com. Or go to our website and hit us up there. But uh, Quinn, just curious of your thoughts on the article that Cameron wrote. You know, I thought I thought it was a great article, and I, I really think he did a really, really good job. It is tough. I mean, you know, we're we're trying to get Division Three golf, uh, you know, to the forefront. We're trying to get up on that pedestal, you know, a little bit to where uh, you know some of these kids, you know, they want to go Division Three instead of going Division One or Division Two or you know, NAI or anything like that. And, you know, obviously, yeah, we don't give scholarships, but I mean, we have kids shooting. I mean, this past weekend, 61, <laughs> you know, I mean, we have yeah. kids winning division one tournaments. We have, we have kids that have transferred that are, you know, in the lineup at these big division one schools. And I mean, it, we have to get on the forefront and that's, and that's a big thing for mm-hmm. me is I, I just want, I want division three golf to get the credit that it, that, that it is due. Yeah. So anyway, I, I I couldn't agree more. Um, obviously, I, I'm a big advocate. I started this entire podcast four years ago. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but but so anyway, so Cameron's written a great article. Go out there, read it, comment, let us know what you think. Um, send us an email, and look, it's another avenue in which we can help communicate and bring the story of Division Three golf to uh, the masses. And so we're we're looking forward to doing that now. Next on our topics of the agenda would be once again we're back to Spike Mark. Our good friends at Spike Mark uh, still can't do live scoring. Um, that I did notice that their Mercedes Benz ad has never had a problem, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but 
we we actually had a great opportunity is and later in this podcast you'll get to hear uh my interview with with Jordan Perez who wrote a great article for Monday Q Info um our friends at Monday Qualifier group um she wrote a great article she's written stories for Fire Pit Collective No Lane Up Golf Digest Amateur Golf Golf Week she's uh, one of the really great up and coming young uh writers in golf um and so we got the chance to sit down and talk to her for a few minutes and kind of go through the article with her and everything else but NBC Sports also just came out with their uh article as well on Spike Mark and I I find it interesting that a little bit of Twitter fire from D3 golf guys and coach Lane and Transy has uh has come to national attention uh, I'm not sure the division 1 guys uh it did enough but boy I, anytime somebody starts ref, referencing division three schools uh we, we need to talk to them so you know I, I was on spike mark today and I, I was having to scramble around to try to find who's at a certain tournament that we know but when i talk about later tonight i had to email coaches saying please send me the field list um like they don't even have the fields in spike mark right now and you know i saw the the gang at golf stat putting out something saying, you know, the, 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 they haven't fired everybody. They can still do it. They, they've hosted 45 golf tournaments over the last week. Uh, you know, I just, I keep looking at it going, can we, can we just go back to golf stack? Cause this other thing's not ready. No, I completely agree. I mean, you know, it, it, it's the same thing. I, you know, I'm scrambling around trying to find scores and, you know, uh, it, it's, it's hard, especially when, you know, in that article, you're referencing guys, you know, you got Justin Tereshko that, you know, I mean, he was a D3 player and now he's a D1 coach. You know, he's an incredible amateur golfer. The whole way through, I, I just don't, unfortunately, I, it's like I see an apology, but I don't see an apology. Yeah, It's just like, hey, we, we started too early. It's like, well, where was the beta testing? Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, like where was, where was the, you know, test this app in, in different places. Yeah. It, there, there should have been, there should have been a transition period f- for sure. Um, and, and there's definitely, and there's definitely different ways that you could have done it. You, you know, state golf associations, you could have done it with the HJGT, the SJGT, the uh, pick a conference. I mean, yeah, any, any, anything. anything would have worked. Pick a division, just let the division one guys try it out, you know, uh, it, th- that kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, I, Jordan's got a really good perspective on it. She did some great research. The NBC Sports article that, that we sh- reshared um, that dives into it further. You know, it's, it's just disappointing because. I think the other biggest piece is we're missing some of that history. You know, we're going to talk about Jackson Klutznik's 61 later today. I, you know, there was a comment between coach Schoberg and, and Lance Ringler, who's from golf week saying, where does this compare? And I commented going, boy, it'd be great if we had a database full of college golf things that we could go back and look at. Um, oh, for sure. I mean, you know, my, my dad, you know, I, I've won a couple tournaments when I was in college and, you know, my dad went back and he ordered a scoreboard for me. And that was like, you know, a birthday present he gave to me where it was like the first tournament I ever won. He got the scoreboard for it and framed it for me. Yeah. And that was one thing that you could do through golf stat. And, and it's, it's not that I, I don't think that spike marks is, is going to get to that point, but I think, that right now they're just not at that point. 
Yeah, and here's the here's the crux of it all. We got these kids through COVID, and and now we just d- destroy the, all of the statistical live scoring and everything else. Wait a minute, we just finally realized that we could do all this stuff online, and now you took it away. That you know, I just yeah, no, it's exactly. it's frustrating. I know there's a lot of coaches out there that are frustrated. Um, it, it's it, and you know, I think when you read the articles and when you hear Jordan talk about tonight, is you know, oh, it's it's rankings, right? We need to do better rankings and, and other stuff. It's like, well, look, it doesn't matter how you do rankings. Somebody's going to not be happy about the rankings. And, and if this whole thing was in order to do something different around rankings, this appears to have been a pretty big move for just to change up the rankings in which we probably could have had some conversations to do. I'm not opposed to golf stat having competition, but it didn't feel like it was real competition because nothing's been proven. Um, exactly. And I mean, you know, you know, Decker, do you think it, it goes to, and you know, obviously I'm not calling out D one, but I mean, does it go to D one where they have the, you know, 50% rule? Like, is that, is that, do you like, do you think it goes to that point? I don't know. I I don't know. I I think, I think this was a, a former insider who said, Hey, I've got this great thing. And you have people who aren't who don't live in this world making decisions. So we saw this last year at the women's nationals where you had the, the national committee who it just didn't know what it is we're talking about. We saw this, what, three or four years ago when the barstool guys had to redo the regional because they canceled it. And we just have too many people who, who don't understand the, the details of the, or of how things work in this sport, making decisions, in my opinion. And that's, that's the hard part. Because I, I know people on, I know coaches that are on committees and things like that, and they do a great job and they understand. And you don't get to those positions without like spending some years learning and being there and knowing what a tournament looks like and how to run it, who the other coaches are and who the good players are. And it's, we ask a lot of coaches that are on those national selection committees and national championship tournament hosts and Things like that. Those are not things that coaches take on lightly. Um, they're, those are those are hard things to do. Well, and and I think and I think that's the big thing is that like it with the coaches and it and it goes back to what we talked about last week where it, it, the data needs to be there. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big thing with Spike Mark is that I just I want the data to be there, right? Like yeah. and and so that me and you can see it. You know, parents can see it. Players can see it, you know, and then mm-hmm. on top of that, you know, the committees can see it. You know, I mean, you know, now the committees have to go to golf stat instead of spike mark or, you know, they have to go to golf genius. Uh, but they to, here's they have to go to birdie fire, you know. Yeah. Even, you know, so I, I think it's one of those where they just need to. We got to get this figured out <laughs> and I hope. Well, we exactly. And, really and you know, I went back to try to look at some uh, a, a tournament from a couple weeks ago and golf stat wasn't there. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been one of those situations where it's like, all right, I'm trying to scramble around and trying to keep things as fresh as we can, but so we can talk about results, which, so let's get into some results from the week. Um, all right. So we're going to start up in Minnesota on the ladies side with the D three classic hosted by Gustavus Adolphus, uh, coach Mo and the team up there do a great job. And remember folks in Minnesota, it is crunch time. 
it, we are barreling to the end of the month in which the MEAC Conference Championship is coming. I think the SLEAC and the St. Louis region is also in the fall. Um, and there's and then the in the Northwest, they also have that. We're getting into this the into the crunch time for the Minnesota schools. And so Gustavus hosts the Division Three Classic, and the ladies from Carrollton come out a plan. They win by 18 shots. Uh 303, 306, 609, just outstanding play. Uh, Wisconsin lacrosse finishes second, 305, first day, two back. You're there thinking, all right, we got a chance. No, 322, second day, and that was it. The Carrollton ladies just roll. Gustavus finishes third, St. Olaf fourth, Bethel fifth, College of St. Benedict sixth, Wisconsin Stout seventh, McAllister eighth, Eau Claire ninth, Wartburg College tenth, St. Scholastica eleventh, Oskosh. 12th uh, Bethel had a B team and then uh, River Falls Concordia Moorhead Luther College uh, as we get into some of the individual stuff here Quinn uh, Carter Sickle from Carrollton she's been the MEAC player of the week for three straight weeks 75 73 four over great playing beats Sydney Mong from St. Olaf College by one but what I mean good plan by Carter here Oh, no, in, in, incredible plan. I mean, you know, 75-73, I mean, it, you know, it's what we talked about, you know, last week. I mean, just the, the play has been absolutely incredible. I mean, I think they're, you know, Carrollton's been just fantastic over the past few years. They've been, you know, a mainstay in the national championship over the, you know, past few years. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I I think they're going to be right up there. I think I think they'll definitely be a top 10 you know, when it comes NCAA time. So uh, finishing out sort of the individuals, Emily Cobb and from Gustavus and Natalie Tatar from Carrollton, uh, both tie for third with seven over. Uh, Carissa Oberding from St. Scholastica and Sarah Zhang from Carrollton, both tied for fifth. So you got Carrollton with three, three, three ladies inside the top five. That's going to win you a lot of tournaments. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're, <laughs> if you're winning. <laughs> If you're winning by, you know, that many strokes, you know, 18 yeah. strokes, I mean, that's, you yeah. know, that's, that's definitely going to help. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin lacrosse had two players tied for seventh, Nora Cerrone and Grace Ellison, Emily Renner from College of St. Benedict and Bergen Senf. I'm going to probably best butcher that one's from St. Olaf finished tied for ninth. Now, what I think is interesting here is we start to put together sort of what, what we're looking at in the MEAC on the ladies side. I think it's there's there's Carrollton and there's St. Kate's, right? Mm-hmm. I think those two, it's going to be a battle. I, I, I'm looking for a knockdown drag out. We're spending a couple full days staring right at each other uh, for a conference. It, it I, we'll be watching that closely. It's not next week, but the, it'll be in two weeks, I think, is, is when all that MEAC stuff is going on. It's close to the end of September, early 1st of October, uh, where it's. It's going to, I I'm looking at those two schools and saying one of them is going to come out on top um, for the women's uh, conference championship and book their ticket to nationals by October, something which is crazy. No, for sure. And I think, I think the big thing is, uh, you know, even back when I was coaching, you know, the women's team at Oglethorpe, you know, it was the same thing. This was a conference we always looked at because, you know, if St. Kate's came out on top, then, you know, we, we were like, all right, well, a, there goes there goes one pool. It's C. a pool C. Yep, pool yeah. C. There, there we go, a pool C right there. So I mean, it, you know, it's 
it's definitely a conference to watch, especially, you know, going into, uh, you know, the beginning of the spring season. Speaking of someone to watch, uh, there was, I don't have great numbers for this one, but I do have a picture that we shared on Instagram. Um, the defending national championship, George Fox ladies, uh, they played in a small tournament that was all division two schools. Um, they won, by the way, uh, take that golf digest, uh, awesome. the division three team beat an entire division two field. McKenzie tool. Now former national champion won individually her second straight week, a tournament win. Uh, I would have loved to have had some results on that one. I had zero chance of trying to find that. Uh, but luckily, uh, are the ladies out in George Fox are taking care of that. I, I don't see any reason why George Fox will not lock up their spot in nationals here in the fall. Like they typically do. Um, I, I, so it, you know, when we're talking about ladies golf, man, it, it keeps getting better and it keeps getting better and better. And I just, I really like getting to follow it the way we, the way we can these days, but also the golf is getting really, really good. And no, it's, man, it, it's really cool to see. And I mean, I, you know, and George, you know, George Fox has been around for, I mean, I'd say the past, I'm going to go with eight to nine years. Yeah. It's they've, been a while. They've been, they've they, been, they've been around five. Yeah. <laughs> They, they've, yeah, been they've been in the top five. I mean, you know, they, I think they won or they were fourth back in maybe 2013, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Yeah. They finished in the top 10 uh, almost every time they've ever been in nationals. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and so they're just, their coach is fantastic. Their mm-hmm. program's fantastic. I mean, if you even look at it, they're a Nike goal, Nike school from uh, Oregon, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is fan. I mean, it, it just, they're, they're bringing, they, they're bringing they're bringing the heat I'll, they got it cooking they got it cooking in the northwest yeah. uh yeah. they're going to be hard to bring down they're still ranked number one and i don't see any reason why they they wouldn't continue that in probably until nationals yeah um no, i i completely agree speaking of the polls if we look down one notch from george fox we see number two wash you from st louis well they were in Iron at the Ironwood course in the uh, Illinois Wesleyan Fall Classic in normal Illinois, not bizarre, not it, it, normal Illinois, not not Chicago, just the normal <laughs> part uh, there you go. where we had some great playing by the ladies out there. Wash U comes in and wins by three over the host Illinois Wesleyan. But but get this team score for for Wash U 288, 296, eight over par. Crazy. I mean, Even par for the team, eight over on day two, which probably looks like it was a harder day just based on the field, but uh, just great, great play. <laughs> that's that, I mean, and that's unbelievable. And then on top of that, I mean, Illinois Wesleyan coming in with 290, 297. Yep. I mean, that's uh, I mean, I would say from last year, that's a big improvement, big I mean, improvement. That's, that's, for, yeah, that's it, incredible. I mean, I, it, Finishing three back and then, you know, beating Rolls Holman by 20, you know, by, or sorry, 13 strokes. Yep. I mean, you know, you know and Dennison, Dennison's been playing fantastic golf over the past couple of years. Yep. And, you know, even, even getting on top of them, but I mean, you know, still 24 over 34 over. I mean, man, I could have, <laughs> I could have wished for that back. Yeah. In the yeah. Day, right. You know? uh, <laughs> so I think you, when you look at Illinois Wesleyan's ladies program, I think it's a good example of, how one program can help another program. You know, you get the success that the men have had for the last, you know, five or six years, winning national championships, 
Um, and, and all of a sudden the women's program starts to come because people understand it's a golf school and they, and you, the, the facilities start to get better. Um, so I think that's a really good example, but yeah, going down Illinois, Wesleyan finished the second three back Rose Holman, uh, uh finishes third Rose Holman, a great story. Uh, he, uh, we've had coach on the podcast in the past. You can go back and find that one, but you got to also remember Rose Holman was an all boys school, like not that long ago. I mean, yeah. they've only had women for like 20 something years, maybe 30 max. So it, it that's, that's a really impressive task. Uh, yeah. Dennison finishes fourth, um, a, a rough last day for Dennison. D- Dennison was, was right there in the mix. Um, did not have their best day. Uh, Grinnell out of Iowa, uh, Grinnell Co- coach Cole, uh, <laughs> he's doing a great job with the Grinnell team, uh, you know they're they're now they might be more known for women's golf than three pointers, unlike in the past. Where that, if in case you didn't remember, remember the team in Division Three that shot all the three pointers. That was at Grinnell. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Grinnell. Yeah. yeah, that's Grinnell. Uh, finishing six, Wisconsin Whitewater. Again, good playing, ladies. Let's be known for something other than Division Three football. Uh, Washu's <laughs> B team finishes seventh. That's just how good they are. Uh, University of Dubuque eight. Illinois Wesleyan's B team finishes ninth. Um, and then we get into St. Mary's College, Aurora, Central, DePaul, Augustana, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater's B team, Olivet, Illinois College, Milliken, and Franklin. Hey, I will, t- I will tell you this though. My my one of my hot takes, Wisconsin Whitewater. That coach is fantastic. And then on top of that, she always recruits very, very well. So well, I think maybe maybe there's coming out of the gate a little, a little uh, you know. Not not as quick as they should, but I'm telling you, come te- like Destin time, they yeah. always play very very good in Florida. Well, you can see that they've got some players. So individual wise, uh, Sydney Quo from WashU wins that three under. That's right, three under par, seventy seventy one one forty one. Wisconsin Whitewater has a player tied for second, Ellie Johnson, who goes sixty nine seventy three, as well as Emma Th- uh, Thorman. From Illinois Wesleyan, also two under 69-73. Then Amy Bean Blossom from WashU goes 68-74, also tied for second. Quinn, I, I I've never said those kinds of numbers in a in a women's sport of golf tournament ever. Like, are we kidding me? Are you kidding me? Three under, four under. We're in a brand new I- world. I thought I thought D three golf was a high school sport, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, this is this is why this is why people like us get upset, right? Which is yeah. wait a minute, t- take a look here. Oh, we got girls shooting 68, 69. These girls can really play, and this is um, and this is from fifty eight oh five. Yeah, this isn't even from fifty six hundred yards, which nope. is what it just which it could be back. right. It could be this is fifty eight. Yeah, this is fifty eight oh five. Yeah, like this is what what it was when, and why the change happened is that you know we wanted to see scores that were closer to. Well, we wanted equal scores between the men and women, right? The the goal was to get the men and women accurate, and um, and so, but now we're getting the quality of scores that we want to see. I mean, Reagan Robinson from WashU, who finishes tied for fifth, she goes seventy four seventy three. She finishes fifth. <laughs> that, I mean that, that would have won that would have won by 10 to 15 shots <laughs> yeah. years yeah. past. Exactly. Uh, no, no, no. The the quality player, these ladies are playing. I I mean, it's I 
I applaud them. They're no, they're playing it, some they're playing some fantastic golf and like we said before, at these distances, I, I guarantee you, they probably would beat me or you. <laughs> well, we don't. We know they'll beat me. <laughs> uh, uh, so Reagan Robinson there tied for fifth. Also tied for fifth, Becky Williams from DePaul, who's seventy two seventy five, and Elizabeth Ma from Rose Holman, seventy two seventy five. Uh, Mackenzie Casita from Wash U. I mean, Wash U's got four of the top eight. And, you know, that's the they're just, just really they're just, really good. They're just good. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then uh, tied for ninth is Maylene Hoshino from Grinnell, Macy Ludwig from Illinois Wesleyan, and Natalia Fanucci, uh, Denison University. There's a great name for you right there. Natalia Fanucci. That sounds like I, I needed a little olive oil and, and some marinara sauce and uh, Natalia Fanucci. <laughs> I Natalia, I, I, I just send me send me an email address. I, I need to get something front to you. Uh, I'm having too much fun here. Uh, Coach Grogan knows knows how to get a hold of me. I get you some. I'll get you some stickers or something. But uh, I was going through the results and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, look at this, this is great because it's right. some well, at least a name I can pronounce, right? There's a whole yeah, lot of these yeah, things. You in gotta here. go. You gotta go. Keep going. I want I want you to go through tied tied through twelve or tied okay. through twelve. All right. So. Uh, so tied for 12th is Lexi Unsrud from Illinois Wesleyan. And then uh, also tied for 12th is Vidushi Kini. I, I could go. be saying these completely wrong, but this is this is the <laughs> this is the path that I have chosen. Once again, I apologize to everybody. <laughs> if 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 anybody, if I get anybody's name wrong, please send me an email with a phonetic spelling. You know, I, I called Will Canal. At Carnegie Mellon, Will Will Noth for for about two years, and then he finally came on the podcast and said, "Well, this is actually how it is." And I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> he goes, "That's fine. Nobody ever gets it right." So I think the kids who have those names kind of get it. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Nobody ever gets it right. So I, once again, I apologize. But I mean, this great playing eight over for the tournament gets you inside the top fifteen. That's just crazy, crazy. No, absolutely. I mean, absolutely great golf. Yeah. I mean, just just unbelievable golf, and I mean, yeah, that's that's all I really have to say. I mean, just just un, un unbelievable golf. Well, we're going to talk more about the ladies here and in, in our look forward uh, because it is going to be a very very big big week in women's golf in Division Three coming forward. But let's hit a few more uh, let's hit a few more results on the men's side, and let's go to the Irish Hills. In Tecumseh, Michigan. That's right. Irish Hills in Tecumseh, Michigan, uh, where uh, the boys from Trine uh, prove victorious by 15 shots. Uh, they come out in 303 and shoot a second day 292, only team to break, break 300 in the second day. Uh, excellent playing. Um, There's some other schools in there that were there. Adrian finishes fourth. Um, we had some other kind of Michigan schools in there as well. Uh, Mark Sivinich uh, from Trine, 7470. Uh, we had some other good ones. Uh, Hendrick DeKinnig De from Adrian, 7575, finishes tied for third. So, wanted to touch on the Irish Hills uh tournament. You know, we we know the guys at Adrian really well. Um, they're big followers of us, and we, we love having them. And we wanted to talk about that tournament because they were the hosts. And I heard nothing but good things about everything there. It's good golf being played in Michigan right now. So uh, that'll be interesting as we kind of keep tabs on Michigan. They don't do their the the conference in the fall. They do it in the in the spring. Um, 
so we'll we'll keep tabs on that. It you know, Olivet and Hope have have been in that conference as well. It's it'll be interesting to see who kind of comes out of that conference. So yeah, so trying good that that conference has got Hope and Olivet and that that Michigan that Michigan conference has got a lot of good teams that we see coming out of there. I, I don't think it's a multi-bid league um when we start talking nationals, but it's good to see trying kind of coming out on top here. But but I also keep your eye on the Adrian team. I, 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 you know, Coach Hearn talked about about them as well with me. Um, there's something brewing in Michigan. Keep keep your eye on on Adrian. Yeah, I definitely I definitely think like the uh, you know the Northeast and you know obviously the Midwest. I think like a, you know I talked about before on the podcast. I think that's definitely one of those places that we need to watch out for because I think like we talked about, it's, it's getting better. And it's, you know, I know we're going to talk about, you know, a a few, you know, Midwest teams. And, you know, I think it's definitely one of those places that we need to watch out for because uh, the, the facilities are getting so much better and just so great that these kids can actually, you know, perfect their golf games going, going through the winter and, you know, going through the, you know, the early, for us, I would say spring because spring starts in, you know, February for us right. here in Atlanta. But, you know, well, you know, it's interesting because I remember seeing uh, pictures of kids in the gymnasium, like chipping balls and stuff like that, um, where now you have the technology that let's let's that be much better practice. But OK, so talking about good scores, we're going to touch briefly on the St. John's University fall invite. Uh not a big surprise St. John's won, but I want to bring this up because St. John's put up 286, 283. So they were three under total, five under on the last round. They because they played two different courses. So it was par 284 was par on the first day, 6,500 par 71. Then they went and played almost 7,000 yards par 72. And St. John's put up 283 on 7,000 yards par 72. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've been talking about they probably are undervalued in uh, in in the polls. And there were some other schools there, but realistically, this was St. John's just showing off. But I, I wanted to talk about it tonight because watching them shoot what they did at at that distance, I, I, I just I think they're going to be I, I think they I think they win easy in two weeks on the men's side from a conference championship perspective. I'll be shocked if they don't. And I guarantee you everybody else in the country is rooting for them to blow everybody away because if they don't, they're definitely going to nationals. But this was an impressive number to put up that I went, yeah, okay. We're, we're, we're spot on there. The, the Johnny's, the Johnny's are ready to go right now. No, I agree. I mean, they've, I, I don't want to say a nuisance, <laughs> but they've been they've been sticking around the whole time. Yeah. Uh, ever ever since I was playing, you know, they've been, you know, right there in the polls, you know, every single year. Mm-hmm. They're they're always there. Uh their coach is fantastic. Uh and and they just they just know how to play. They have yeah, discipline. I mean, they have discipline. They uh, you know, they get out there and then you know, they just get after it. Yeah, that their number three guy won the tournament. Their number four guy finished second, both under par. Yeah, if you if you have that if you have that happening, that's usually a good sign. You're you're in yeah you're in a good situation. 
And it's it's not like it's not like the one and two guys didn't didn't play well. Their number two guy finished tied for fifth, and their number one guy finished tied for seventh. Yeah, so, they're not they're not doing it. It's not it's not like those guys are doing anything bad. It's, oh, and their number five guy finished or finished ninth. Ninth, yeah. Well, again, a lot of the other northern Minnesota schools have traveled uh, to play in other places, uh, but I bring yeah. it up because of that number. A lot yeah. of the other people went over to a, a lovely little golf course. In, in in Massachusetts called Taconic. Ever heard of it? You better have, because it is the home course of Williams College, the EFs, uh, which uh, one of these days uh, I'm going to get out my uh, my purple cow head cover that Coach Tomas uh, sent me <laughs> uh, because I said how much I liked it. And I, I, it made me so happy. This is on the women's side, but uh, it made me so happy to see the milking of the cow routine on the women's side, which uh, I, I'm pretty sure the men don't do. But the men hosted a very large tournament uh, this year. And, oh boy, was it a good one. I think it cleaned up a lot of stuff for us in the in the Northeast for kind of the fall um, as we looked at it. But winner of the tournament by 10 shots is Babson. We talked a little about Babson when we were talking about polls and things of that the other day babson's legit they came down south last year here they are showing out again it's not a big surprise trinity connecticut finishes second behind them at 24 over um babson shoots 298 284 even par day to really win the tournament they were they were at shot behind trinity um after the first round Gustavus Adolphus from Minnesota comes out to to Williams. They go 302, 292. Uh, they finish third. Pomona Pitzer's men are out in Massachusetts because we know the women are going to be there next week. So I imagine that was a full team trip where the men were playing this week, the women are playing next week. Pomona Pitzer's men finished fourth. Uh, Amherst fifth, Tufts sixth, University of Rochester seventh. Uh, Bowdoin College eight. My, by the way, Bowdoin College, one of my favorite mascots, the Polar Bears. Great, great mascot. It's awesome. I saw them play basketball in the Division three world. Oh, just their late the ladies team. Awesome. <laughs> um, there we go. Williams College, the host, finishes ninth. Uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic finishes tied for tenth with Middlebury. Uh, Endicott twelfth, Hamilton twelfth, Swarthmore fourteenth, St. Lawrence fifteenth. Skidmore, 16th, St. John's Fisher, 16th, uh, Bates College, Springfield College, Arcadia, Wesleyan University, and Massachusetts College, uh, rounding that out. Good tournament. I mean, one, if you get the chance to play Taconic, you go, right? I mean, yeah, you go play it. You got to play that. You you have to. I mean, it's it's like to. ranked in the top 10, I think, in Golf Digest, like yeah. every year. college yeah. courses that you can play or something yes. like that. And I hear it's it's not even it's it gets even better in the fall that when you okay. get the leaves change and everything else, I hear that it is and you know it's 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 bent grass, so it's it's thick bent grass where you get the leaves and the cooler weather and the grass is growing and they can get the greens go, go lightning fast. I haven't been there yet. Uh, Tomas, if you're listening, I might need an invite up to mass. Quinn and I are ready to come. We'll play whenever. <laughs> we, we'll show up. I'll bring my uh, I'll bring my head cover so it looks official. Uh, yeah. and I'll bring a we'll whole bunch of play. swag. We'll with take me. we'll take a, a full video of your golf course. Absolutely, we'll, like, uh, we'll do a the we'll whole log or something the, like that. Right, the the whole schmear. All right. right. So individually, 
and I think this is something I want to pull out. Uh, Jack Renardi from Gustavus wins the tournament. Uh, he shoots at one under total, 68-73. 68 to Connick. Pretty solid. Pretty That's- solid. It's not a... It's not an easy golf course. No, no, it's not. Obviously, if you see by the scores, I mean, you know, we're finishing over par. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, Sean Fitzgerald from Babson, who we've seen before, good player, finishes even, one shot back. Chris Gattuza from Gustavus finishes tied for third. So G- Gustavus is is coming. C- Coach Moe's got a couple horses, it looks like. Um can he challenge the Johnnies? That's going to be interesting. It might be that they might need a fourth score. Because uh, I, I a quick a quick view down the list, I don't see any other Gustavus guys uh, close to the top twenty five, which is where where you got to get to, right? You got to have at least three guys inside that top twenty to try to win that tournament. Um, so you know, I, you, I think. Do you think it's? Do you think it's a? I mean, could it just been the golf course? Because I mean, that's you know that's what I'm seeing with a lot of these teams is like you know. I mean, could it be the golf course? I mean, you know, they they played depending on the course, course fit. Yeah, depending kind of a thing. That's what I'm saying. Like depending on the course, I mean, it could have been just that it was that golf course. Because I mean, you know, from what we've seen from Gustavus before, I mean, I they they've been playing very well. They they you have know, been I playing mean, well, but they haven't been playing St. John's well. Um, yeah, but, and but and I, this one, Teddy Case, who was their number one guy, had a bad day. Um, and and did not did not play well. Um, yeah, Renardi's nice. playing three. Gattuso's uh, playing four. I I have a feeling this is trying to get the lineup right. I, I don't. Yeah. I have no no insider information there. Um, exactly. And it could just be you know, hey, kids are kids. They're eighteen to twenty five year old kids. They, 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 they take your dice out, and roll. Who's going to show <laughs> up? Right? How, how did they roll out of the van that day? Who knows? But. Exactly. To me, if, if you're getting if you're getting your three and four guy and one is one under and the other one's one over, don't sleep on Gustavus. They they may have a chance if they can time it up and 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 or get the lineup right. They may have a chance to 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 challenge St. John's. But I I just I don't know. I I haven't seen enough from a full field uh of that team yet to really get into it. But I think the, when you look one, at the one team, I was just say the one team from that that you know I. I think I'm 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 still I would say kind of hype on is I really like Babson. Yeah. I think I Babson, too. you know, they've they've come up out of the ranks here in the past, you know, few years. And I, I think they're still there. I mean, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think they, they still have a lot of potential. And mm-hmm. I think they, you know, they're they're gonna scare some people. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll have to look at their schedule. Uh, because I think that's something that we want to look and see. I don't think they come south until the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll pull up the schedule uh, while while we vamp a little bit and, and keep talking here. Uh, but you know, I, I we saw them enough last year that the program's there, right? And, and look, yeah. there's been times in Division Three where you have a program pop up, and they're there because of two or three players, and then boop, they kind of go away. Um, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Those kinds of things happen from time to time, and you you know that there's nothing wrong with it. But sometimes we have that. So you know, I but I think when you look at Babson, their performance last year gives me the okay. I know I know they're legit because they came south and and showed out. Um, and not that you have to do that, but boy, it, it does help. Um, when 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 teams that are from a more remote 
region, go to another and show out, it really helps with, with, with placing them in the national, you know, in the national way. Now at, at nationals, you know, where do they go and some of that kind of stuff, you know, I think that'll be well, to be determined, but uh, they're going to be at West Pines uh, hosted by Oglethorpe in Douglasville, Georgia in October. So they are coming South this fall. Um, yeah. So again, they'll be, and they'll be at the golf week preview. So we'll, we'll know, we'll know how good Babson is here in, in October. And I think that's, I think that's something to kind of keep a look at is I, I think you're right. When we look at, at, at the Williams tournament, I think Babson's right there. Right. So Babson has uh Tomas Amaya who finishes tied for third one over uh, looking at the rest of the kind of the top 10 uh, Brendan Frayne from Rochester finishes fifth John Kim from Pomona Pitzer finishes sixth. And then we had several tied for seventh Tom Liu from Rochester, Alexander O from Pomona Pitzer, Benjamin Boyd from Trinity college, Connecticut and Max Ash from Swarthmore. Um, so again, I think, a really good tournament for us to look at. All right. How are the Northeast schools? We had some Minnesota schools come in. I, I, I think, I think those are the big takeaways. I agree with kind of our take there on the takeaways, but there was a little yeah. tournament going on in the South this, this week, Mr. Quinn, and it did not disappoint. Um, uh, it did not. No, no, it <laughs> did not. Least. To say the least. Uh, the Gate City Invitational, uh, who was hosted by Greensboro, I believe, or Guilf- Guilford or Greensboro. I, I, I couldn't remember. I thought it might have switched. I didn't trust my spike mark uh, host things. But uh, <laughs> luckily, this was on Golfstat because I know I was following it live, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people were following it live. Uh, but we have a leader in the clubhouse on the men's side, and it's Emory University who goes out and shoots the 280 in round one. They played 36 the first day. 280 in round one, 283 in round two. They trailed Oglethorpe by one shot going into the last day. And then they shot 268. That's right, folks. 268, not 286. No, 268 on a par 284. That is 16 under for a team. That is four guys averaging four under par. Now, it was not all four guys averaging four under par, but <laughs> no, oh not. my god, the th- that's a ridiculous number. And, and and the sad part is, is this is what we were talking about earlier, where we were going back and forth on on social media trying to figure out how, where does this rank in like rounds in across college golf. We don't we don't even know right now. We have no idea. All I know is I haven't seen a two six number on a real golf course in a long time. Yeah, no, it's it. I mean, that's, <clears throat> I have, I, I have no idea. That's, that's the problem. Right. That, that, <laughs> one of those, like, like, I can't they, even, I can't even imagine, you know, they, you they were to, five under, they were five under the day before on 36. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I used to, I used to sit there and, and joke with uh, my girls team saying like, Oh, Hey, if you guys all shot 65, right. Like, you know, this is what, you know, this is what we shoot, not yeah. 268, but yeah. No, I'm saying it's just two sixty eight. That's like, that's like a, a imaginary number almost. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. I, I, Coach Schoberg, I don't know what you did, but you better do it every time after that. Whether it was a, a, a good talking to or whatever the restaurant was, 
<laughs> However you tied your shoelaces, I don't know, Coach Schoberg, but 268 is one of the most impressive rounds. And, and to have it be in the final round in the last pairing is outstanding. <laughs> It's what what do you put in the water over there at Emory, man? I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> you know, they're close to the CDC. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but good lord, 268 fellas, great playing, incredible. So we had a really good tournament going on for uh for the first day and a half. <laughs> and then Emory just went, see you later, bye-bye. We're gonna just make birdies and eagles and holes in one uh, on that on the way out. But to finish up to kind of the look of of the of the men's team scores because remember finishing fourth in this tournament is really good because this tournament had a ton of really good teams in it. Emory wins, Oglethorpe finishes second at 5 under par. That's tough to lose by 16 shots when you're 5 <laughs> under as a team. Yeah, when you're 5 under. 54 holes. And you only um, shoot you shoot you only shoot over par one time. Yeah. Uh so and then interesting in third place is Lynchburg, the University of Lynchburg. Now, we heard Coach Hearn talk a little bit about Lynchburg coming, but boy, here they are. They show out. Uh, you know, to they have a nine under last day, also almost as impressive. Unfortunately, for the guys in Lynchburg, Emory went nuts, and, and that nine yeah. under would have been really special, except when the other team in the same field on the same day is shooting 16 under. But if there was if there was a better way to kind of stamp your authority of Hey, we're here and we're ready to kind of compete in the ODAC. Lynchburg's right there. I mean, yeah, this is this is it. I mean, I, I was I, I was very surprised. I mean, yeah. you know, <clears throat> they do have the one transfer from Guilford, but yeah, this was a surprising result. I mean, yeah. I'd love to talk to the Lynchburg coach. Yeah, Lynchburg yeah. coach, reach out. Let's talk because yeah. when you got let's, three let's when you it. got three guys shooting three under on the last day of this kind of tournament, whoo, baby. Well, look at their second round. Their yeah. second rounds, I mean, even the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it's all guys that are <laughs> under four over. Right. I mean, that's that's incredible. So I mean, but great playing by Lynchburg. And 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 yeah. look, if if we've got a new player in in that area, that, that spells trouble for for some other teams. Um yeah. you know, especially when you look at ODAC wise, Guilford did not have a great tournament. Is there potentially a new leader in the clubhouse in the ODAC for that that automatic bid? Um, that'll be there. Uh, guess who finished fourth? Methodist. That's right. Uh, Methodist got off to a little bit of a shaky start. Two ninety seven. They were handfuls of back, but they do what Methodist does. They come back with two eighty three. They got it back two eighty one. That's that's uh, what that's what Coach Conley does. Yep. Yeah, so they finished fourth, more than respectable here, um, at nine over. And then after that, you get a bit of a bunch up. But finishing fifth is Sewanee, uh there, which I which is a good result for them. They they also had a really good finish day. Um, Christopher Newport finishes sixth, Washington and Lee seventh, Guilford eighth, Huntington, who, who finishes ninth after. Climbing five spaces after day one, they were way down. And and what's interesting is we talked about them last week at Greystone, and this is a totally separate five. And Huntington, this is not one because that was their B team at Greystone, and this is their A team. Their A team got shellacked. I I guarantee you, they they they'd like to switch those around because 
this is not where you want to be in in the plus minus game of of head to heads on this one. They're going to have to get their lineup right because you can't go up at, at Greystone and and look great and fabulous and shoot these great scores and then have five other guys show up to Gate City, which is a bigger tournament and it and and kind of not show up. I mean, 305, 292, 285 last day good, but who man, tough one for Huntington to take. You know, it's one of those where I think that they'll be there. Yep. Oh yeah. They're, no, no. They're, they're, if you coming. look, and it, we've had this conversation before, right? Which is yeah. there is a there is such a thing as having too many players. Yeah. Right. If yeah. if you've got ten guys and you're trying to shuffle ten guys, it's hard. It yeah. is very um, hard because they're, and then and they're going to be there. I mean, that's, oh yeah. That's that's the big thing. Right. Like I mean, two eighty five the last day said no, no, they can play, yeah. but I think there's going to be a lot of of competition. And qualifying this week at, at Huntington, I, I'd be willing might, to bet that we might see we might see you know three more different lineups from Huntington in the fall for sure, right? I, yeah. I think I think coach, I, I don't think he's that worried about it. At, at you know Piedmont, it's not anywhere near. They've got the new conference. I think they're still going to win it, uh, but yeah, they're, the the fall's got to be to get get that right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, finishing 10th is Carnegie Mellon and coach Rogers in the, t- in the guys. And remember, this is the team that won nationals for the most part. They, they brought back four guys. I, I don't know what, what happened. They, they were pretty consistent. 294, two ninety four, two two ninety two, two ninety seven. 97. Not a great result for Carnegie. I think they'll still be there that, you know, this could be a little bit of that hangover. Just got back to school. We're celebrating the national championship and, oh yeah, we're great. And we show up and go, Oh, wait, wait a second. Um, yeah. I, I I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Carnegie a pass here. Um, we'll see. I, if, I we'll see what so, happens at so Golf too. Week. Yeah, I think yeah. Golf Week will be a big test. Um, I there, think, I think that's that's gonna be the big the big you know decider for you know what teams are gonna be competitive in the spring. You know, yeah. It's now, like, uh, all right, all right. So are we? You know, are we actually good or are we? You know, pretending to be good. Yes. You know, and I think and I think that's a big I think that's going to be a big thing. I think Carnegie's going to show out. Huntington will show out. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Guilford, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, with you know, with the new players. In that time, in that time, you know, yep. Washington and Lee, same thing, dangerous. Yep. You know, um and then, you know, I yeah, it's just I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, yep. it, 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 there's just Especially on this leaderboard, I think there's just so much that you can read into, mm. but like we can't figure it out right now. Yeah, because it, well, I mean, we this might be the first tournament for a lot of teams, and then on top of that, like, like it's just the same thing of like you said, it could be a hangover from the national championship. It could mm-hmm. be that oh yeah, we have a lot of freshmen and they're not acclimated yet. Yep, you know so. Rounding out the team scores, the Greensboro finished 11th. Kenyon College comes down from Ohio to finish 12th. Averett, 13th. Hampton, Sydney, 14th. Uh, Barry College, 15th. Rhodes College and our guy Tom Campbell finishes 16th. Piedmont finishes 17th. And Denison, 18th. Uh, now, on the individual side, uh, there was a clear-cut winner, and his name is Jackson Klesnick. <laughs> Jackson, whatever you did that morning, you need to keep doing, son, because Jackson was already playing pretty good. You got to show a scorecard. Yeah, yeah. So 
it's 67 69 in the whole the day that they shot that we played 36 that any good 67 69 well it's just okay because jackson went out jackson went out on the on the second day the final round and carted a bogey free 61 that included a hole in one on the 10th hole i was watching this live as well as know as you were quinn and oh, I yeah. went, we, were, we were on wait a minute watch what what <laughs> happened because i'm watching like man jackson's going crazy he's four under on the front no bogeys and then all of a sudden the score jumped and i went wait a second what happened and i go to 10 yeah. and it's hole in one i, I oh, mean yeah. talk about an all-time heater it, 31 30 at he it, i mean i couldn't believe it i was like and he, he part a par five on the front like, I, no, I know. I mean, if you want to go, you want to see the scary part, go to the team leaderboard and then pull up Emery's team leaderboard for the third day. Yo, oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I know. It's it's really impressive, right? It's it's really they, impressive. They only, they only counted like four bogeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they counted. On they the they only game. had four I mean, bogeys that counted. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, they I mean, shot that, they shot that, sixteen under with, and they counted a one over. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm saying that's unreal. And obviously, yeah. you know, Jackson played incredible, but I mean, that's that's golfing your ball right there. Oh yeah. So uh, as we get into the, the rest of the individuals, Eddie Coffrin, the fifth uh, from Lynchburg, five under total, seventy one sixty nine sixty eight. Tied with Ryan Dunn from Oglethorpe University, also five under, 68-70-70. Interesting that Ryan Dunn is a freshman at Oglethorpe. Uh, that will be something to keep our eye on. If if, if Coach Owen and the Oglethorpe guys have got a, a horse as a freshman, they were dangerous. And pre, preseason, they were seventh ranked. They've got a freshman who can do this. These are the kinds of things we talk about in the season preview. Who's got a freshman that is maybe their best player? kind of sneaking around the chicken coop, ha- hanging out. Well, and they also just, obviously, since I'm close to it, I mean, they got Jackson Hiller, too, who is, yeah. uh, I mean, he shot 67 in the second round. Yeah. Encounters as well. Uh, let's see. Tied for fourth was Nick Rubino from Hampton, Sydney, and Tony Lee from Emory. Uh, James Alden from Guilford finishes tied for sixth with Kevin Moo from Emory. Uh, and then we have two, uh, also tied for sixth is Aiden Spampin. Spampanato, Spampanato from Methodist. I think, yeah, I think it's Aiden Spampanato. Yes, Aiden Spampanato. I got that one finally uh, worked out of my uh, mouth. Uh, <laughs> Brian Zhu from Carnegie Mellon and Michael Burry finished tied for ninth. Uh, Cameron Capuzzo, who did come back to Methodist, tied for 11th with Michael O'Sullivan from Oglethorpe, who also came back this year, as we talked about both of them coming back, uh, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Preston Warch from Greensboro tied for 11th. Uh, so, you know, a great tournament again, like the scores here are awesome. I mean, even par, if you yeah. shot even par for 54 holes, it got you tied for ninth on and the team, good. on the team side. If you just shot 300, 300, 300, you'd have finished 15th. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I, I, I don't, <clears throat> I guess just from playing i mean that's the thing is like you know 300 used to <laughs> win you a national championship back in the day yeah 
but now uh, you know it, it it does not do that it it does not it it does not but anyway uh so that's sort of our, our rundown of of scores from from this week a, a fabulous week of of golf but oh boy do we have a week coming up Quinn yes, there are do. two major major tournaments that we, the, the one that we we will keep an eye on is there's the Bulldog Invite in California. The California schools all usually go to that, but we know Pomona is not there. Uh, so that might be a Claremont and Redlands kind of head-to-head look. But the reason why is we know that Pomona is in Massachusetts with the Williams Invite. Yeah. So for the Williams on the ladies' side, the, the ladies have all the big tournaments this week. Uh, the men kind of have a light week. They get ramped up the following week. Uh, but on the women's golf side, look out. So at the Williams invite, they have five teams from the top 25. They've got Williams and Amherst, as we would normally expect. Of course. They have Pomona, who's preseason fifth. NYU, who's preseason 16th. By the way, Williams is 11th and Amherst was 12th. And Middlebury, who was 25 in the, in the, the most recent poll. Uh, Randolph Macon, we know is there because Coach Hearn said he was going to go up because he said if you get the chance to play Taconic, you go take it, right? Which we all agree with. Oh, of um, course. Gustavus's women are also there. Uh, this will be a very, very big tournament. Mm-hmm. One in it's another opportunity for Williams and Amherst to go head to head. Uh, it will be that that's going to be head to head all year. It will also be interesting to watch Pomona ladies come into that same environment with Williams and Amherst. And and do they say, no, we're the fifth team in the country for a reason stomp on you. Mm. Or does Williams and Amherst kind of go, no, no, we're going to, one of us is going to show you how things are done up here in the Northeast. Um, but you know, they don't sleep on NYU or Middlebury because they played these, this, this golf course many times too. Oh yeah. I think this is going to be really, really good tournament. I think I think it is too. I mean, it's it's gonna. I think it's gonna be back and forth. I think we're gonna have you know five teams. You know, within, I'd say, I I would say probably ten strokes of each other. Like I I don't think it's I I don't think that's you know bad for me to say. No, no, I I I think I I'm looking at uh, to me. And when I look at this, it to me it's it's Pomona, Williams, and Amherst. I, I haven't seen enough from NYU or Middlebury yet. I, I but the the I, I don't know. It, okay, we'll pick it. Let's let's pick this one. Okay, who who, who you got, Quinn? Who, who you go? Give me your top three finishers, team wise. We're only talking team. We don't talk individuals. We'll just talk team. Talking team. Who you got? Obviously, I'm sorry to all the teams out there. I'm not trying to offend anybody. <laughs> I would say I got to go Williams one. I got to go Pomona two and then Amherst three. Okay. All right. Good. Perfect. Because I'm going to go with Amherst one. Oh, Amherst, oh. Amherst got Williams oh, last year. Amherst got good. Williams last year. And I think... They, I think they have their number right now. They're not afraid of Taconic. I, I, I just, I just don't think uh, that. Now, I, I almost picked Pomona, 
And the reason is, I think they're already there. I think they came with the men, and they've just spent two weeks there. One week for the men, one week for the for the women. So I don't think Pomona is going to be a oh we're from California it's freezing cold here like they, I think no it's they're they've been there for a little bit. So I'm going to say Amherst Pomona then Williams. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to go the exact opposite of you, <laughs> and not not intentionally, but that's I was going through it going oh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah I think, and and look I think these three schools could be within four shots of each other. It, it, it'd be fine. It, I think it's going to be a great tournament, but no, this is the thing. I, I, I love the Amherst coach. She's absolutely fantastic. You know, I've, I've met her multiple times. It's, it's one of those, her team is awesome. I just, uh, it's those California schools, man. They just, they're, for they're some, really good. For some reason they're really, really good. Really good. And they, they are fantastic. <laughs> and then Williams, I'm just giving them the, benefit of the doubt that it's their home course so yeah i think you know i i think if it's if if you're talking about a home course that's not quite as iconic i i would normally agree with you but when you get that big of a everybody knows where you're going to go play i think everybody gets geared up for it and sometimes when it's your home course you're not as excited to play on it because you do it every day it's my take yeah no no that that's true okay so that that's Williams is going on that tournament will be happening the 23rd and the 24th. So later this week, right on the weekend, it'll be right there. It'll be ready to go. The other big tournament is down in Montgomery, Alabama at the Montgomery country club where Huntington is hosting a very, very elite field. How elite you might ask Gwen. I don't. I don't think I've ever been there before. <laughs> I, I, he's joking. <laughs> I know he has been. He's actually coached in this in this event. I've been there uh, seven times. Yeah, seven <laughs> times. Uh, so that that yeah. So so you obviously already have an advantage of picking over me. But oh no, I got you. Seven, <laughs> seven of the top twenty five schools will be at this tournament. Uh, Emory will be here. Carnegie Mellon will be there. Washington and Lee will be there. Methodist will be there. Center will be there. Sewanee will be there. And the University of Mary Harden Baylor is coming over from Texas to play in it. <clears throat> Others coming into play, Christopher Newport, Oglethorpe, Barry, Piedmont, Birmingham Southern, and Southwestern. That that doesn't you don't get a bunch the, the fall preview will have a better field than this. Golf week will have a better field than this. That might be it. This is a great field. Oh no, it's it, it's an incredible field. I mean, it, it, and it's always been an incredible field. Yeah, well, well it's a good time go, of year. I yeah, have to go you, first, but you gotta you gotta go first. This time. Oh come on! All right, so we're gonna pick this one. All right. Uh, here here's my pick to win. I'm gonna go tried and true. I think they're mad as hell that they are ranked where they are, and I think they're due for a. Oh, did you forget about us? I'm going to take Methodist. I, I, okay. I, I think I, I got a feeling that Methodist is tired of listening to other people being talked about. George Fox, Wash U, blah, 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 blah. Wait a minute. We're Methodist. I think Methodist is coming for the win this week. I think, you know, I think, I think I'm going Methodist too. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, they've, oh, they've, 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 played this, they've played 
they've played this golf course so well. Yeah. And, you know, we got Kelso, obviously one of the friends of the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I think we got Kelso there, and, and I think she's going to do what she does. Yeah. I found that I, golf course. I just. Not- it's not a long golf course. It's a, uh, it's a very old style course that, you know, she's, you know, she's used to playing. Yeah. Okay. So give give me your, give me your top three. Let's do top three again. So, okay. Okay. I'll I'll go first though. So I'm going to go Methodist. Then I'm going to go Emory and then I'm going to go Carnegie Mellon. Now this was hard because Emory has been awesome. Hmm. I just think it's time for Methodist to go. Don't forget about us. But it would not surprise me if either Emory or Carnegie would win this tournament in no way, shape, or form. They have proven time and time again that, you know, the, the Schweitzer, they go out and, and blitz the field. I, you know, I, I, I just, I got this gut that says Methodist is lying in the weeds. Let everybody else be talked about. Oh, we're number 10, the polls, fine. But Carnegie and Emory are both really, really good, and I expect them to come for it hard as well. See, see, I'm, think, I'm thinking <clears throat> I'm going to go Methodist. I'm actually going to go Washington Lee. Ooh. And then I'm going Carnegie. Okay. I'm going Emory for Wow, that would be and, and reason reason why. So, I I have not seen has Emory gotten a coach yet for the women's side. Do they need one? That, I mean, they... <laughs> I mean, last time I checked, I, the coach doesn't I, I swing a club. Yeah, no, no. Quinn, last time I checked, the coach doesn't swing a club, <laughs> which is why you and I were allowed to coach. Yeah, but no, but I'm saying I I think you know uh, I'll tell you this. So Methodist. Love Kelso. She's been awesome. Carnegie Mellon, obviously, you know, Dan's doing a great job up there. And then, like I said, uh, you know, Emory or uh, Washington Lee third. I mean, I think, you know, Jane's going to do a great job up there. And and she knows knows that golf course back and front. She's been there with center, which, by the way, center's there too. I mean, yeah. so here's – Ready? Here's my sleeper. Mary Harden Baylor from Texas. Oh yeah. No, that's just, that's the thing is we don't, tech, we don't get to see a lot tech. from them before like right now. Right. They're, they're going to come to, they're going to come to Alabama and be like, Oh, we really enjoy the cool weather. Cause it's been 105 here in Texas for like oh, exactly. the last three months. Exactly. They're exactly. like, Oh my God, it's so great. This is so wonderful. It's nice and cool. <laughs> this is fantastic. Only like 96 <laughs> with humidity. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, Fantastic. All right, so there's our picks. There, our picks for this week. We'll 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 write those down somewhere. I didn't write those down, but I'll I'll go back when I edit the podcast and and write them down. Uh, yeah. But okay, so ladies, put on a show this week. We are going to be watching. We're going to be following along. I'm excited about it. Uh, with that, I mean, this is awesome. But uh, I'm really excited to to bring on the interview with Jordan Perez. And her article about Spike Mark. I hope you guys all enjoy it, Quinn. We'll see you next week. Until then, hit them straight. Cheers. Okay, joining us live tonight is the one of the best and most newest voices in all of golf. 
You have seen her work on the Fire Pit Collective, No Laying Up, Golf Digest, Amateur Golf, Golf Week, and now Monday Q Info is the great Jordan Perez. Jordan, thanks for joining us here on D3 Golf, guys. Well, Mike, with that intro, shoot, I don't know. (laughs) But no, thank you, seriously. Um, uh, Maybe the great's a stretch, but no, I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to chat. Well, you know, it's one of those things, and uh, Beth Ann Nichols found this out, that when you start quoting Division Three golf schools in your articles, this random guy who runs this very small, focused podcast reaches out to you to talk. Uh, but yeah, when you were quoting uh, Transy's tournament, uh, Coach Lane and, and Lane Live Scoring, as we discussed here on D3 Golf, uh, I wanted to have you on and talk about your article, which I thought was fabulous. Um, and for my listeners, that article is called NCAA we have a problem. Uh, it was on Monday Q info. Uh, we linked it out and sent it out to round that up. She's been getting tremendous amounts of positive feedback, but it was an article all about the whole spike mark situation. So Jordan, I wonder if you kind of walk my audience through sort of the essentials of your article and kind of what you found as you went through this process. Yeah. So the spike mark thing kind of came about, there was some rumors swirling around, around NCAA championship time back in May. And just so many rumblings of, oh, there's going to be a new scoring provider. This might happen, this, this, and that. And I was like, hmm, interesting. And I remember actually going through um, the the copyright archives from the U.S. Postal Service to look for it to see if anyone had filed a copyright under Spike Mark. And that's when I found, oh, goodness, they did this back in March. Like, this is this is a real thing. This is happening. Um, but it wasn't fully announced until July that the NCAA had ended its contract with Golfstat and they were moving on to Spike Mark. And so essentially, uh, I'm sure most of your listeners know, but just some background, Golfstat's basically been the go-to default scoring provider for college golf for the past three decades. I mean, uh, yeah. The Lash yeah. family has been all over it. It's been it's been a family-run business. That's been um, the go-to scoring provider. And usually it's subscription-based. So it's like the NCAA has contracted out rankings and statistics through Golfstat, but schools and tournaments all individually work with Golfstat to provide tournament rankings and scorings. And it's it's just basically been kind of this big backbone of college golf, truly. And so when... They moved on to Spike Mark back in July, the NCAA. Uh, that that was huge. That was a big kind of had a, a big ripple lasting effect. And uh, so many questions came up. It's like, well, what's this going to mean? What is this? You know, what is the software? Uh, you know, and they had promised a lot of things. They promised, you know, an API that constantly refreshed um strokes gain just all sorts of different different innovations. And the interface looked super promising and it looked it was pretty exciting. It was a, it was a new kind of a new era for college golf. Um, and so then comes August and coaches and programs get access to the portal, um, you know, submit the rosters or information and everything. And spike marks pretty robust in its offerings that it's trying to kind of build out, um, you know, kind of hubs for all of these programs that people can check out essentially. So instead of, you know, you having to go through each individual program's website, you would kind of rely on spike mark uh, to do all that homework or anything and anything that they, um, their users generated. And so everyone kind of submits everything to get the ball rolling toward end of August when all the college golf events start coming back up. And that is when the problems hit them hard. Yeah. Uh, 404 eras, buggy pages, just, uh, just it was just a mess. That first weekend in September 
was just kind of it, it was almost a nightmare for no, no, it was a, it was a nightmare but first of all jordan i i uh I've already said on my podcast that I was one of the first generations on golf stats. So you just aged me quite a bit there with your three <laughs> decades, um, which is not inaccurate, by the way, just you, you aged me a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I remember when the, when everything kind of got started, I started getting a lot of pings from other coaches who, who know that I, I, I talked to a lot of people and it was like, Hey, what have you seen? What have you heard? And I'm like, I don't know. It looks pretty good. They got a they got a Mercedes Benz ad in the top of the app, um, so they're selling something. So they're making some money. Uh, but yeah, it 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 was a colossal uh, kind of stubbing of the toe. I, I'm curious of what else you found out when you kind of the chaos started. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, like you and all of us, kind of experienced that weekend of September 1st. It was just not a very smooth. Uh, intro to the college golf season and um you know they put out a statement pretty quickly um and just kind of to emphasize one specific point this was a transition from the time tested scoring provider of decades it w- over like basically a three-month process and keep in mind like spike mark had kind of thrown its hat in the ring last fall in 2022 and, you know, they had presented the software that they wanted to, I think, this spring. And, you know, the development had really started last July. So over they basically had a year of development of this software before coaches and programs all had access to it. And so first week of September rolls around, as we know, was not wonderful. They've got to put out a statement. They basically said this first week was really challenging. Um and that they had rigorously testing it. First live week wasn't, you know, just wasn't what anyone expected, what they expected. And so then the, then this is where the the D3 program you mentioned, Transylvania University comes in. They host a, they host an event that Saturday and it was a 36 hole day and they can't even get through the second 18 before the coaches voted unanimously to stop using spike mark. They were going back to basics using Google sheets, using, you know, pen and paper, texting scores. Just this was like, this was about as makeshift of a tournament scoring collective effort as it got. I mean, it was just, and I, I I applaud all the coaches and all the teams and all the programs that were there because that's tough. That is hard. Well, and you know that's the thing that I don't think people understood, but, but also uh, Coach Lane at, at Transy is a good friend of mine, and and we we were jokingly uh, he jokingly called it Lane Live Scoring, uh, making it up as they went. Uh, he he found his old file from 2012, which should tell you how long ago it was before they had to do this stuff again. But I think what you know we everybody always wanted to talk about when the spike mark thing came out. Oh my God, it's gonna be so good for the rankings and live scoring. And I think people didn't realize that the power of golf stat was not live scoring and not rankings. It was the ability to run a golf tournament with minimal staff. And that's really where, especially in the D3 world, we don't have bodies and everything else. I mean, in, in fact, it, it, there's a very small world that where we have enough bodies to run a college golf tournament. You know, if, if Lance Ringler and the gang from Golf Week are there, 
you, you got some more oomph and some firepower, but I was talking to a division division one women's coach. Who's like, uh, we don't know how that we're going to run this tournament because you can normally have two or three people and run the tournament because golf stat was doing it all. And so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, just, just trying to get repaired was, you know, a, an effort in logistical nightmare. And so that's, I think that's one of the things that I don't sure everybody appreciated was no, 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 no. We, we use this system to run the entire golf world in order to be able to do tee times and pairings and, and, and yes, live scoring, but live scoring is a minor thing compared to being able to actually go execute and run the tournament. So yeah, I, I, I was, it was a crazy, crazy day and I was getting texts directly from the tournament itself and several coaches and, um, and I had other coaches who were teeing off later in the day or the next day going, what are you hearing? What are we doing? I'm going there. They said the app's not even working that the kids couldn't keep score on it. I mean, in, in last year, every kid in one, one kid in every group would have the, the app on their phone. They'd enter the scores. It would all get ingested right away. Automatically put the scoreboard out leaderboard pairings and everything else. And I mean, just the amount of time that I saved now I'm old enough, Jordan, that this is way before your time in, into golf, but, uh, you know, we used to help, we would play in the tournament. If we were hosting, we would all sit around for two to three hours afterwards, calculating scores, adding things up, figuring out where the, it's also why we, we used to not ever repair. So in the old days in the NCAA tournaments and stuff, that was the only place we ever said your best score goes out last because it was too hard to repair. And then Golfstat allowed us to every tournament do the same thing that we had at nationals, which was, hey, whoever your best score is goes out last, whoever would regardless of where you put it. So back in the old days, if you played number one, you went out last every time because we couldn't figure out the repairing the entire time. I think that's part of it that makes it so easy to take all the Golfstat software and just how autonomous and how simple it was is that like. You had those things like everything was just automated. You know, you you're kind of able to just, you know, without a thought. Okay, this 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 is who finished here. This is who finished here. So naturally, these are the these are going to be you know our threesomes. Whoever this is who goes out. Then these are our individuals. These are our teams and who we're wanting to play with, et cetera, et cetera. You know, or when it comes to match play, you know exactly who you want where. And it's it the simplicity in that I think was almost taken for granted in a lot of ways and so yes innovation is awesome it's great when a sport can look to something and say yeah we are able to give you a fuller picture and that's a problem in golf like all across the board it's not even just college golf it's like you know just just this year like at the u.s women's open for example it's like they've just got so many new different statistical things like strokes gain and other Mm -hmm. things that they were finally able to use at a U.S. Women's Open, so it's not just a problem that's just oh no, you know, exclusive to college golf. It's it's pretty much everywhere, and that's the nature of a you know smaller sport, if you will. So that that it's it's like we you had something that worked. I mean, you could access golf stat at any given time, any place. I don't really remember a time, and and I mean, granted, I you know probably used golf stat for maybe what like the continuously for the past like four or five years and so but i can't recall a time where i couldn't like ref- hit refresh on golf stat 50 million times in one minute trying to see scores yeah. um i mean can you 
No, I was doing this today. Actually, it was kind of like old home week. I was like, oh, good golf stat. I'm so we had a very big tournament this week in uh, in the southeast of the Gate City tournament that uh, Emory University won and won in a landslide with a massive record breaking score um, with the one player who shot 61 with a hole in one today. Uh, bogey free, by the way. Uh, so just the, the power of D3. But Golfstat lets me follow along and I know what's going on and I can follow it. Um you know, and so that that's the advantage of, of for for people like us who want to talk about it and want to be able to present it and and lift it up and, and talk about college golf. It's it's a massively important thing. And I'm still, like I said, I, I'm rooting for spike mark. I want strokes gained and this and that. You know, we we I was one of the first generations to get like the stats that that golf stat would give you because you had to fill out it, back in those days. You had to do a bubble chart on a piece of paper. And fax it in to Golfstat, and then they would compile all those stats and send them back to you. Um, I mean, just th- th- this was. Th- yeah, was I'm really old, Jordan. She's shaking her head, going, "Wow, I can't <laughs> believe that that was even possible." Yes, that was how it used to work. But like, I remember that. Like my, after my junior year, we looked at my stats, and it was like, you know, okay, it, like my bunker game just wasn't solid enough, and so it was like, all right, I have to do what I have to to in order to avoid bunkers. I, I can if I don't hit into a bunker, I have a sixty percent chance of getting up and down. If I hit into a bunker, it's like fifteen, and uh, it's so that like strategically that played into my my how do I get better? What do I need to improve on and things like that. So that that's the other stuff I'm looking at now is like we're not going to have any of that stuff for. The, I mean, a, a golf stats not really spitting it out and. You know, I was working on results the other day. I was like, oh, they can't keep everything up on the site. And I, the other part that I think you talked about in your article is the history that that golf set had, because I was going back to say, oh, what was it last year? And I was like, oh, it's all gone. I, I'm a big like, even if you look the links on the NCAA site, I'm like, uh, if there's PDFs, that's good. But like a lot of people use links. Right. And that that's a huge issue right now. And in golf stats, in their words, they're wanting to protect a lot of that historical data. And a lot of, I mean, they had the most robust archive of college golf data and statistics and history that anyone did online. I mean, they basically were responsible for archiving and scoring almost all of the NCAA era for women. Uh, just considering that is that, that that's a enormous part of history. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about how much of that, and I don't want to say it's lost because it's not lost. It's just kind of being protected by Golfstat. And there, there is some rationale to that because they know they've got, they've got a wealth of data there. There's just so much there. And like you said, yes, there are some PDFs lingering around. There's some things there that, you know, maybe you could find on a program's website or something, but it's tough. It's, it's especially as a media member, it, I, someone who, you know, who's written a story a time or two, who's gone on a program's website and maybe finds one score or something, a player's name who was in the wrong spot, you know, that was just maybe either like, a stroke off or a digit off or something. And then you go back to golf stat and it's like, okay, that was all right there. Like that's I'm, I'm I used golf stats so much for a fact checking resource so oh, yeah. often. And I'm sure as all of us did. And so that's tough. And just from like the preservation aspect of college golf history in and of itself, like it's not something that's all that well documented. It's, it's really hard to go back and document a sport like that. And there's, you know, there is an effort right now to make that happen. But then 
you kind of stopped in your tracks when it's like, okay, all I can really do is probably, you know, take a swing at the way back machine or hope I get lucky and find like a random PDF from that tournament in 2018, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And especially for somebody like you who writes about professional golf as well, a lot of these people played college golf and you're like, well, I want to go back and understand, you know, this up and coming player and they were here and there and understand their history and and be able to give a background on who some of these younger players are. You know, I mean, uh, Ludwig Aberg about to play in his first Ryder cup. He, he just left college. Oh, sorry. We got none of his history for you. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's very, very crazy, but I thought your article was great. Um, and again, anytime anybody talks about, uh, division three golf, we, uh, we always invite you on and, and Jordan, look, uh, if there's ever anything we can do for you, if you're ever interested in some division three stuff, uh, by all means, uh, you know, reach out and take care. I, my, I'm sure my entire audience is going to start following you very closely. Um, and, and it's going to be hard not to hard not to, she's just about everywhere writing everything about golf you can think of, but Jordan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Mike. This was fun to talk about. I appreciate it. Thank you.